Well, Justin, we've made it to number 75. And it made me think that, like, we're sort of, you know, there was a time when uh, we weren't sure if we were going to be able to do this weekly. And uh, so far, uh, I think we've we've held up our end of the bargain. I think we missed one week and then we followed it up with two different episodes of the same song. And then uh, and then we've been sort of doing it. Sometimes we'll like uh, let a couple weeks go where we don't record, which is nice to have like that week off. And then we'll do multiple episodes. Um, and, uh, you know, usually we've sort of determined that Mondays are the days that we do these. And on those weeks where it's, you know, you have a, a week off, it's nice to have that diamond. This is Jimmy Pod. <laughs> Whoa! I had to look up the die uh, to to be sure the die meant two twice double, uh, as in diphthong, and uh, on this model freely used in the formation of compound words. I would say that's the the, the furthest reach that we have ever made. And you know what? I would expect <laughs> nothing less from seventy five episodes of Jimmy Pod, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And yet, here we are, David. Here we are at episode 75. Yeah. <sighs> How do you think we're doing so far? How do I think we're doing? Yeah. Excellent. I think we're on that upward slope of the parabola. And I've mentioned that to you a couple of times. Yeah, Things are looking great for us. <laughs> it's just going to keep going, man. This is like Bitcoin. There's no stopping it, man. Yeah. <laughs> we should start selling episodes off um, for uh, <laughs> NFTs. Yes, right? Well, I've already got all those little excerpts that I have. Yeah, the Pokemon that I traded with Mark Office, I was going to sell as NFTs. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, a few points of housekeeping. Um, Paul Hoover, uh, who had been doing our music analysis, we have been communicating, but when we were deep in punk season, I didn't want to bother him with those songs. I sent them to him. I said, please do not feel obligated to analyze the song. But he did do some text messages back and forth for in the same room that I wanted to kind of go over because it's interesting hearing this ear that is not listening to the band all the time. Right. Sure. So here's what Paul had to say about, uh, in the same room, man, this one has so much sunny day real estate vibe. And they use that same augmented fourth interval on the first chord of the chorus, just like that other tune I talked about. They love that sound. This is probably the most Jimmy Eat world I've consistently listened to my whole life. They certainly have matured as pop songwriters. I think it's fun to get in a band because you want to play, and at first you write kind of experimentally and for exploration, and then you find a few things that kind of define your sound, and you kind of learn some key concepts about your dynamics or harmony or texture, and I can hear their journey. They really write great parts. All pieces of the band seem to know exactly what and why they're playing. Not excessive, not virtuosic, but consistently tasteful, even on a tense, augmented fourth chord. So that's what Paul had to say about in the same room and the band as a whole. Yeah, and uh, and when when he mentioned that uh, the augmented fourth chord before, do you remember him talking about it being uh, sort of uh, also known as the chord of evil, like he talked about it being a very unique chord. That sounds about right. Yeah, because I'm just looking now. Doesn't it sound right? It does. Okay, I thought he had mentioned something about it being a very unique uh, chord formation. 
so the next thing is I wanted to, we have some new patrons and I wanted to welcome them and comment that uh, we didn't do one this week, but the Jimmy drink pod uh, has been a fun little happy hour that we've done a couple of over on the discord channel. That's currently <laughs> only open to patrons, but we'll probably start opening up a little bit. We got to figure out a time and day to do it. That's convenient for kind of everybody. But like you and I with kids, like it's not really feasible to do it when we get home and it's like eight, nine o'clock on the East Coast because we got to get kids fed and homeworked and and down for uh, sleeping and stuff like that. So one day we'll figure out how to to line that up. Um, The next is uh, we'll cover this on a future uh, episode when we do another one, two, three, four song. Um, But we have new information and new artwork for the one, two, three, four EP that sort of locks down when it was recorded and a lot of the players involved, including that Tom did not play the accordion on it. We know that it was Zach that played accordion. Uh, yes. Confirmed. On, on, uh, <laughs> indecent exposure. Uh, wasn't it? No. Was it in, what song was it that, uh, that has, uh, angst for Joel. Um, so that, that is, uh, Zach and not Tom like we had maybe theorized. Um, we got new stickers. They've gone out uh, to our patrons and uh, and friends of the show. Uh, and also, uh, I got a new shirt in the mail. Um, we saw uh, that Kimberly got her shirt, and I think that's the first one I've seen out in the wild. And then uh, I just got one with the new headphone logo, uh, and it looks great and feels nice. Um and uh it's funny i was thinking i was like oh i'll push the sale that's going on right now but the sale will be done by the time this song (laughs) this uh episode comes out so hopefully you were able to pick something up last week uh when the sale was going and um no i was gonna say you also shared the grossly long uh free shipping promotional code right (laughs) i didn't write the code i was i saw the code there I said, let me copy this because it, it starts off strong. Free, what is it? Free ship. And then it's like a <laughs> long string of numbers and letters. But so, you know, just do a yeah. little triple click on that uh, text, copy, paste it. You'll be good. Or you will have been good. <laughs> that promo is probably over now. <laughs> I did want to say um, we've mentioned on the pod B Sides R Us, which is where I used to get a lot of my jimmy eat world b-sides along with afi blink 182 all these bands newfound glory and uh uh he has the 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 guy that ran b-sides r us showed up on discord and was like hey i just started listening to the pod and all of a sudden i heard my old website was brought up and he's the one that found this extra one two three four uh uh scan uh or or the his version of the vinyl has the second version of the insert uh so we're getting a ton of new stuff added to our sort of repertoire and we'll be updating our discography page with new artwork and stuff like that. So, uh, so yeah, be on the lookout for that. And lastly, before we get into today's episode, um, we have a new trailer that, uh, we'll be dropping with this episode. Um, I'm so excited about this. So, oh my gosh, it's probably, I I can't tell. Do you think it's more or less alienating (laughs) than the current trailer we had? You know, I didn't listen to so our current trailer is what, 45 minutes? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, it's 45 minutes. Um, I would say the fact, well, also the fact that I haven't listened to it in a year and a half, two years, um, also says something. But 
I think this will be, it, it fits with the pod. It's, uh, there's a lot of, and, and this goes with the whole Patreon content, the podcast itself. There's a lot of thought and effort that goes into everything that we do. And, you know, there's a lot of people that realize it right away. There's people that realize it a little bit later. But just know that there's a lot of uh, time and uh, consideration that we put into this thing. And I was floored by what David had uh, assembled for this. And I'm very excited by its content. And I think people who are fans of the pod are going to really appreciate it. And who doesn't love our favorite film from the pod, right? So I think it will be... Uh, the opposite of alienating, it will be uh, whatever that the opposite of that is. Is that is that um, what, what what is it when everyone colonizes something? <laughs> that will be the equivalent of what this oh yeah, yeah, yeah this new totally, preview yeah. will do. You know, crowdsource. So, so it'll like, be good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it'll be good. Yeah, let us know four eight four J E pod. Okay, so this week's episode is Diamond to celebrate our 75th episode. I feel like, uh, remember when Warner Brothers did the 75th logo? I thought that was so cool. Um, it was so shiny uh, and that new. Dropped. Felt so fresh. Yeah. So fresh and so clean, clean. Um, the album <laughs> is Surviving. And this is track number six of 13. It's produced by JMJ and Jimmy Eat World. Uh, recorded at Shea, JMJ, and Unit 2. Uh, released October 18th, 2019. Written by Jimmy World, sung by Jim, released on RCA and Exotic Location Recordings. Uh, the publisher on this is Do I Get a Pickle with That Music? Because we've we've sort of followed their uh, their their sandwich journey <laughs> of uh, of publishing companies. Um, I did I dug in a little bit. Do I Get a Pickle with That? Seems to be part of Cobalt Music, K O B A L T Music. Um, Cobalt Songs Music, publishing Tom Andrews, The River Building, One Cousin Lane, London. Uh, yet it has a 212. That's a New York number, I believe. Um, so obviously this is a tax scheme. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, but I mean, for the most part, it's, you know, ASCAP information just has, you know, the four dudes that we know. 50% is controlled by ASCAP. And 50% is, do I get a pickle with that music? So, um, uh, so yeah. Notable high note is C5, and notable low note is F sharp 3. Now, that C5 is really high. Jim really gets up there in this song uh, when they do that key change. Uh, yep, right at the through. bridge. <laughs> yeah. And then, there's not an officially released demo, but if we go to uh, two minutes and 25 seconds on Jim Adkins mini dive episode. Jim plays the, what he calls the demo lyrics or the original lyrics, uh, to a little bit of the song. So let's take a little listen to that. There while you do this. Uh, yeah. So these are the demo lyrics for it. Most advice begins the same. You put your thoughts down on the page, rattle off a bullet list, then read back all your great hits. I go through cycles of being really motivated to do things. So, uh, I think it's interesting that he moves his mouse around like I do when I'm playing stuff back in a timeline. <laughs> Like just uh just to get something moving and and have it shaking around. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're almost like circling. Like yes, yes, that's the part. Or okay, yeah, I see mm -hmm. right here. 
I don't know what, what the... Uh, it's, what it's, the, the uh, ner- it's nervous movement, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, the lyrics are mostly... Uh, uh, you definitely hear the, the bones of the song there. Um, but that's the most we have of a demo. The other thing about this, and we'll get to it later, is that there was a pre-chorus written that was longer. And, uh, and Jim likes to talk about how sometimes less is more. To make something seems bigger, you pull things away. And he felt like the lyrics were wall to wall all the way across the song. It was just no breathing room. So he pulled out this pre-chorus. But we have a version of the song that has the pre-chorus, which is pretty cool. So uh, anyway, the only other thing is I have that they played it one time in concert. And that was for the uh, the uh, Phoenix Sessions. And that was January, 20, uh, January 15th, 2021 was the premiere of the Surviving Phoenix Sessions thing it's a a major key song 11 b camelot 313 duration 136 bpm song justin do you want to get into the lyrics let us dive in all right so song title diamond um i had an idea of where it was going and i don't know if there's too much uh, crypticism in these lyrics here we'll see as we as we go in line by line i'm going to do a couple of lines at a time here and uh it's kind of cool because it, it, did you ever give an experience writing songs? Yeah, right. Like you, you write your own songs, and you have to really jot stuff down. And I used to walk around with a little uh, a spiral notepad in my back pocket for a, the longest time, and I had a small little half sized pen that would sit right inside the uh, the spiral uh, bound, bind. And so I would walk around with that thing, and just the moment that inspiration hit or I thought oh I know something I know a lyric for that I would jot it down in there and then I had a bigger notebook that when I got home I would put down my lyrics in there and I still have that notebook and I look back on it every now and then it's interesting to see because there's not a lot of stuff that that came out of that book there's a couple of songs there was one that I actually um a friend of mine I've never brought him up before but Ryan Broders and I I still I'm still trying to recall the way that I met this guy but he ended up, when, when I was in the rental that I was at, he lived down the street, and he was going to, I want to say it was CSUN, to study uh, music production, and but he was very much into the whole process of music, and now he actually teaches it down, I believe, in San Diego, but uh, I got hooked up with him, and he said he came over to my place, and he said, let's just lay down this song, so we, we looked at the lyrics, we, we looked at the key, we, we laid down a couple of uh, tracks of guitar and the bass and all that stuff. I think he even played the bass. That's what his his um his instrument of choice was. And uh it was it was like one of the the first times I ever completed a a song out of my songbook and it was very fulfilling, but then after that being on your own, it's not easy to write tracks. So I think that's where this song Diamond is taking off is that um it's not necessarily about songwriting, but it's about capturing motivational aspects of your life and things that you need to just, uh, I guess, focus on in order to become a better person. So with this first verse here, it starts off with, when I find myself awake, I'll put my thoughts down on the page. So I'm assuming this is, this is pre-coffee. And it seems like Jim, you know, I, I don't know what, uh, what personality traits um, Jim will have. We'll have to have Kimberly on to, to talk about this. That's true. Uh, what, what she thinks his personality is going to be, um, but he seems like one of the guys that might need to have a cup of coffee before he can get going. But the way that this verse starts out is makes me think that this is pre-coffee. He is just waking up half half awoke, 
half awoken, half asleep, and you know, yeah, uh, jotting down elements from the dream or initial thoughts on the day. It's like whatever it is that's inspiring him. If it was a dream that he had, or if it's just these like, oh my gosh, my mind is clear. I've reset my body, and uh, I'm going to jot my thoughts down on this page. So that's what I'm gathering from this very these these first two lines in this first verse. And then he confirms this here. It says, "Half asleep, I'll make a list." then read back all my greatest hits. So the demo that you just played us was a variation on these first four lines, right? Because he does mention greatest hits. Yeah. In, and in, and, in, and uh, talking in about so writing words. things down, yeah. Yeah. And so I think, I feel like this is a stream of consciousness list. And then once the all the thoughts are down, then comes the review. So then read back all my greatest hits. Uh, I think the greatest hits, you can tie that back to like the things that he constantly writes down, which... Now in this third block of the first verse, now we kind of get into the greatest hits, which is should meditate, should work out more, should read until my brain gets sore. And isn't that always how it is? You know, at the, at the beginning of the year, you're like, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to go through 15 books this year. Or you know what? I'm going to stop. Um, I'm going to stop eating so much Cheez-Its, so many Cheez-Its because they're delicious. <laughs> yeah. I, but I you just try to, to motivate I, yourself. I I did want to point out for the should work out more line uh, that we have started a a Jimmy Eat Walk challenge where we are all trying to get together, uh, us and uh, some of the people on the Discord. We call it Jimmy Eat Walk. It's hosted on this app called Stride Kick, uh, which we use because it's cross-platform. You can use Fitbit, Apple Watch. You don't even need a wearable. You can just use your phone, all these things. Um, but basically we're trying to, what are we trying to get to a million steps in 30 days or something like that? A million steps in 30 um, days. Yeah. So yeah, it's, and a, we are it's well, a, we are well on our way team <laughs> exercise. Yeah. I think we're having, I think we're having a good old time. This challenge ends on April 7th, uh, 23 days left from the day of recording. And so far last week, we all did 32,000 steps together. So should be cool. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, it would be nice if it I had an to aggregate total, though. <laughs> there, there's yes. Anyway, so that, but, yeah. yeah. Uh, so this last this last block in the first verse is meet someone, go far away, try being socially less strange. The socially less strange was the most memorable uh, lyric of that whole first yes. verse. Just listening to the album the first time is try being socially less strange, and I just take that as being. Uh, making new friends, travel, and be more outgoing. So the second half of this first verse is just listing out those greatest hits. Uh, you know, just, I've, I've got to be a better person. I've got to be more mindful. I've got to uh, be nicer to people and then be more outgoing, which uh, I, I, what I like about this song, and we'll get into this, you know, as we go through this, is that uh, it's not necessarily what you actually have to achieve. You don't have to, you don't have to actually achieve those individual things to become uh, a better person. So then we get into cor- the chorus, and it starts out with, that's how a diamond grows. Yeah, give yourself the right chance over time. So this first this first run through the chorus, it's actually pretty short. Uh, and these two lines, I feel like diamonds don't just show up, man. Diamonds grow. Give yourself the right chance over time. So don't don't sell yourself short if you didn't achieve that you know, like let's say Jim, here's the greatest hits, man. I, I've had meditation on my uh, on my New Year's resolution at least two or three times, and have I done it? Not enough to where I can say I've achieved. You know, I can check off meditation, but 
give yourself the right chance over time. There's a there's a result. There, there's a reason why diamonds form from pressure over time is because they're, you know, it's it's worth. But between their strength, uh, their appearance, and uh, and their uh, rare rarity, you know, it's just something that's it's very unique in this world. So just don't give up on yourself is what this first part of the course is saying. And uh, don't believe them if they try to sell you something quicker. And I'm just assuming that anyone who tells you or tries to sell you on something that uh, you can you can achieve this quicker or not, let's say do it on their terms, which you might achieve it. Let's say you you know you go through the four or five days of meditation, but you don't necessarily feel fulfilled because you didn't do it at your pace and what your mind and body needs. So I think that's what what Jim is saying here is even though people can sell you on success, don't necessarily take it as you being successful. You need to do it on your own terms in order to uh, in order to reach that goal. So I was okay, and now I got to ask you this question, David. I was very uh, in, uh, interested in knowing how long it takes a diamond to grow, and I was way off. Oh, that's wise. good. Do you have give? And I'll really? even take a very I'll even take a very rough number, a very rough number. And I know that's like a you know, right now it's like an arbitrary statement there, but I will take a very rough number. Do you know how long it takes a diamond to form? I don't know, but the 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 number ten thousand is screaming out at me. So I'll say that ten thousand. Okay, years. very very close, but very off. <laughs> so I thought the same thing. I thought it was like a, a, a few like hundred thousand years. So this is this is from Liebish.com, which I believe is probably some kind of a, a diamond distributor. But I, I think the stat remains the same. Due to the immense pressure that is present. In this part of the earth, as well as the extreme temperatures, a diamond gradually begins to form. The entire process takes between 1 billion and 3.3 billion years, which is approximately 25 to 75 of our Earth's age. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I was I was uh, I was surprised to find a billion billions of years. So I, I can see how diamonds are very important. And uh, we won't get into the whole that aspect of things with with diamonds. And let's just look at how long it takes a diamond to be uh, produced. And I, you know, in the context of this song, I can see where Jim's going. And uh, it, it takes a lot of pressure. And I think pressure is a big thing. It's, it's one of those terms or the words that's not used necessarily in this song. I don't see I don't see pressure anywhere in here. But uh, the fact that pressure does actually create diamonds, that's one thing is like putting yourself into those situations. And this is something that Jim has admitted to recently is wasn't he even on that uh that rehabilitative uh podcast where he was talking about his sobriety and he just said yes. that he's been more open to saying yes and the fact that he is saying okay, yeah, I can try this. Let's instead of saying no, let's just say yes to everything and see where that gets me. Kind of so, like how yes man is. Totally. Right? So I think that's what this song is saying so far is that uh you, you just need to to be understanding that this diamond's going to take take a while to grow. So then we get into verse two here. I cut at least half of my friends, but no one noticed or mentioned. So what does that sound like to you? I cut at least half of my friends. Um, I mean, it sounds like, like, cause I had just did like a social media diet. Uh, it yeah. sort of seems like that a little bit where like, That's I'm exactly only contacting people really through text message or I mean, discord, I guess a little bit, I'm a bit on there. Yeah. And I'm not, I, I haven't done any kind of, I, the friends that I have amassed on social media, I don't go through and, and do that whole social media diet and cut them out. 
Um, I'm just not on social media that much as it is. Uh, but that second half of that, but no one noticed or mentioned, <laughs> was like, yeah, have you, I'm sure you have, but you've noticed that you no longer see, and part of this is the algorithm from Facebook, but you no longer see feeds from certain people and then you search them and you're no longer friends with them and you go, wow, huh, I haven't been friends with them for a year and I haven't really noticed. Yeah. So, you know, totally, nothing's really lost, I guess. And I'm assuming that's what Jim means with that first part is I cut at least half of my friends. No one noticed or mentioned. It's just like, you know, you, you can uh, you can stand to lose those people that uh, you just friended um, maybe from the fact that they were suggested that you should be friends, but not necessarily that they actually mean something to you. So cutting those people out, I thought at least I'd breathe easy, but then I thought a lot of things. felt like it would be a relief, but it's almost like uh, more questions were answered. Or I'm sorry, more more questions followed, right? Like, yeah. why did they not notice? Why did uh, and and I, maybe that's more of like the self doubt part and and uh, going back to being that person that's not really the strong person and the person who's just kind of uh, very wondering and and dependent on other people's yeah. approval. <laughs> yeah, totally. I did want to play. Uh, let's hear what Jim has to say about this. Uh, but then I thought a lot of things line at 827 on the mini dive. He talks about giving the speaker authenticity, um, the speaker, uh, the, 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 the speaker of the song, the lyrics, the, the, the subject of the song. He wanted to give this person authenticity. And, uh, and th this line in particular, he, he lends that power to hold on. I thought the speaker having a heightened sense of themselves would lead to a more authentic place. You know, like obviously they're desperate if they're throwing a tantrum by cutting people out of their life, which can be helpful sometimes, which can be exactly the thing you need to do. But in this case, it seems like the speaker of the song is <clears throat> doing that in some kind of transactional way of thinking, like I'm going to I'll show them. So I thought that was cool. Hearing, uh, hearing, hearing it from the horse's mouth. I'll show them. Yeah. <laughs> and this line, this second half of the verse, we have brought up several times, especially this last year, just because of the the situation. And there's a lot of things going on, uh, you know, with employment and and it's just like New Year. You feel like it's just a, it's an opportunity for you to refresh yourself and really give, um, give yourself. A, a personal check on maybe things that you need to focus on. Just because let's say you've had those same focuses for the last 365 and a quarter days and what really stuck with you? What did you actually end up doing? But the fact that you still have that thought in a new year, uh, to me, like if I have the same approach to the second year, I feel like this is this is probably something I need to focus on. If I feel like this is enough for me to remember and recall, you know, a year later that maybe this is something... Um, that's worth me pursuing in in this new year. So this these lines, I, I love hearing these in between the Discord and the Facebook and even on, on Reddit is hey new year, hey new you. You left so much low-hanging fruit. And I gotta I gotta admit, David, I have never heard that second line there. You left so much low-hanging oh, fruit. Oh wow, really? Yeah. Never heard it. <laughs> now, I guess I was either a, more concerned about the first hack for you Go ahead. uh i posted this uh at the end of last year if you were to start this song at 11 58 and 45 seconds on december 31st he would sing hey new year hey new you right at midnight 
<laughs> just a little that post got a lot of love man new year's hack <laughs> or that <order>. comment yeah <laughs> that was great <laughs> so uh and yeah uh that was lovely new year new you right at the moment that midnight strike uh, but but then I never heard you left so much low hanging fruit, and I just think that low hanging fruit is the easy stuff that's on yeah. the list. You didn't even read a book. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know a book. Um, and so I did want to do something real quick, just to kind of uh, you know, I don't necessarily do this in the middle of lyrics, just because I don't want to I don't want to step too far out of them. But anytime I hear the term low hanging fruit, I I can't help but think of, and we we even used this in the Discord recently. I don't even know if it was incited by this song at all. Oh, let's see. Go ahead and check. But while you're doing that, uh, anytime I hear Low Hanging Fruit, I think of Tenacious D's most recent album, Rise of the Phoenix, which was, I mean, it was a treat. It, they're incredible musicians. But I there's a certain way that they write lyrics, and I... I asked you earlier about Megan Golding. We didn't have a Megan Golding for this episode, and I'm okay with that. However, I wanted to do my own thing. So what I was going to do was do a little bit of uh, lyricism in the style of Daniel, our English uh, text-to-speech guy. So I was going to do a little bit of accent. Oh, nice. Okay. Over a little bit of harpsichord music. Okay. While I read the lyrics from Tenacious D's Low-Hanging Fruit... Just so you can you can gather from from where we are, where we've been ex- exploring seventy five episodes of lyrics from Jim, Tom, the band, and how eloquent they are. Just to, to get a comparison of Tenacious D's lyrics. So here we go. This is an excerpt from Low Hanging Fruit, Jables, and Rage Cage. We want some low hanging fruit. She wear. The beekeeper suit. She got the shit kicking boot. We need the low hanging fruit. She got the flip flops on with hot red potatoes and the butt floss long with fried green tomatoes. And she loved that song we sing for the ladies. Come on. Oh my god. There you have it. Yeah. <laughs> KG, JB, doing <laughs> a little bit of the low-hanging fruit. So it's it's difficult for me to separate myself whenever I hear the term low-hanging fruit yeah. from that song. Yeah. And I just looked at the lyrics again, and I thought, these are so absurd. I just got to put them. I got to put them in the episode. Yeah, that was terrific. You left so much low-hanging fruit. Were you able to find anything in the Discord about us you talking about Linux that? You and Linux had gone back and forth about low-hanging fruit, <laughs> uh, and that's what she said jokes. Ah, there we go. Yeah. That that's what she said. That's where we currently are. Yeah. <laughs> that's the current Discord theme. <laughs> yes. Yes. And uh, the last part of verse two is you're in the ring for the title fight with only montage training time. Now, th- th- there's so much imagery that goes through my mind listening to this last piece and it's just like you gotta what i think they're saying with you're in the ring for the title fight with only montage training time you gotta make your decision quick yeah we gotta make it big it's gotta be big but we don't have all day to be working toward this this has got to be you don't want to be uh, in march being realize it's march and you didn't do (laughs) anything and a whole year has already passed 
Yeah, and having said that, I guess since this is March, maybe this now's the time to start working on some of those New Year's resolutions if you haven't. Yep. I know I will. <laughs> and then we've got the uh, the the next chorus. Oh, real quick. Be a l- I did want to go, go to where Jim talks about the montage training time uh, thing. There's oh, a couple parts ahead. in the mini dive. One is right here at 120. There's a special place in my heart for 80s montage training scenes. You know, like... Uh, you're, you're the best kind of set the standard for all that. And, you know, it, it, it'd be an honor to, to make something that would fit in that canon. So, um, I mean, that's kind of where this idea came from, the guitar. Uh, so he talks about sort of that being, that being what he was going for with the sound of this song. And then let's skip to 919 where he expounds upon this a little bit. The, the, the basic prompt for the song being being this like, you're the best kind of vibe. I, 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 I guess I subliminally kind of worked that into the lyrics, talking about, like, you know, it's a reference to the actual prompt of the song and, you know, like a, a training montage. If you have just that in real life and you try to go fight somebody, you're going to get your ass kicked. <laughs> so that's, yeah. uh, that's that. <laughs> and, you know, the, and the, I, I don't, I think it would be discounting the song if I said, the, the surface level of these lyrics, but he doesn't go too deep into these lyrics. And I, that's, I think that's part of the fun of this song. And maybe some people, I, I, you know, I remember hearing like diamond was my least favorite track. And then you come back. What are we, um, you know, how many, what, a year and a, year a, half, and a half later. Yeah. And people, the song is growing on me. It's actually, cause you start to appreciate it for what it is. And, you know, Jim isn't trying to do anything uh, and sell you something different. I mean, it's just like, this is what it is. I'm, I, he has his background of, of why he had assembled these lyrics and why he put the music together. And once you appreciate it for what it is, you start to just really, you know, enjoy the song. So it's good to hear him say that. Uh, in the second chorus, uh, we do have, uh, it's it's twice the length here now. So now we've got uh, the second part of the chorus is a little bit different. So from That's How a Diamond Grows, yeah, then it goes into... Uh, instead of give yourself the right chance over time, now they're singing, reach as far as you can, then hold tight. Don't sell yourself short, man. Shoot for the moon. Yep. And another cool uh, another cool tidbit or another cool um, part of Jim's writing style is, and we've mentioned this at least a handful of times, is it's the same message, different wording. So instead of don't believe them if they try to sell you something quicker, yeah. Now it's don't believe them if they try to tell you something different. So very similar, but it's just it's enough to get the message across, but be different enough to be worthy of that second longer chorus. Yeah. Which is very cool. And then we got so, a key yeah, just, change. Yes. So not only a key change, right? But now we go into a bridge. Yep. So middle eight here. And now, if Jim hasn't hammered at home with the key change and the fact that we're on a bridge, maybe now you'll get the picture here. Is they say a diamond grows with time. I believe it because I've seen it with my eyes. Now, either that means he's lived it or at least seen people who have had that occur and seen other successful people and is just saying, look, from all my years that I've been doing this, from just just being a human being, being a musician, uh, all of these years in my time, my experience, uh, his his wiseness, and uh, that he's able to he's he's able to say that. Look, I've seen this happen. There, there's people that have been successful, and they persisted, and they have believed in themselves, and worked on their 
uh, the negative aspects of their life and built themselves up and become that, they've reached that diamond status. So, and the bridge is that moment where he can kind of you know, take himself out of the out of the whole, I guess, the, the song um, that he's trying to describe, the, the message that he's trying to describe and really hammer it home by just saying, look, um, this is important, I've seen it, and you need to believe it yourself. And in this the second half of the bridge, he goes, well, there's a guaranteed parade of broken promises. Did you expect some kind of miracle? So even if, like, let's say, well, no, I've seen that too, and I, I tried and I failed. And this is that sort of that, let's just pick yourself up off the ground, dust yourself off, and look, you're going to encounter roadblocks. You may not achieve all of your goals. The fact that you've had greatest hits and you've, You've replaced, you know, every year you've said the same thing about meditating. Um, did you think it was going to be easy? And, you know, just the fact that, uh, you know, it's, it's life is a personal journey. I mean, it can be a social journey as well, but there's a, it's going to be you for the whole ride from beginning to end, from birth to death. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's not the short game, man. It's the long game. And I think this bridge is really hammering that home. And this final line, you do what you can do. That's all 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 just keep at it keep being yourself and you'll see just how much you change like take a look back if if you stop paying attention to the moment this period of time and you just look at let's see who i was five years ago and where i am now am i successful am i happy with who i am me i certainly am so i think that's what this last little bit that last line that he gets to say in this in this uh modulated bridge is that you do what you can do, that's all, all, all. So whether yeah. or not you win or lose, you're, you're doing the best you can. Just make sure that you're doing that, and there's really nothing else you can say. And can we uh, give Jim the credit for, he really is basically spitting bars, like the way he's jam-packing all these syllables into this bridge is so tight. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, well, there's yeah. a guaranteed parade of broken promises. <laughs> yeah. I, that line like, alone. Th- that line stands out so well in the song that's up there with the, uh, you know, uh, the list at the beginning or the only montage training time uh, yeah. and socially less strange. I mean, it, 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 is there's so many great. This is what the band is great at is is spitting fire. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And now and then we go back. We drop back down into the A major. So I don't know what if we're an A major, maybe Paul can uh, expound upon this. But what are we jumping to in the bridge? So um, it doesn't sound like it's a stressful change. It just sounds like it's a half step modulation. So if it's an A, then I would say, I mean, I would say A sharp. Uh huh. Well, I would or say I don't B know flat. If you do that. I mean, depends. <laughs> then I was <laughs> right. And then you know what? If you look at it, and if. I, if I ever saw, if I looked at the stave and if there were flats in it as opposed to the sharps uh, and, and there was a modulation, I would say the flat. I would go up the next key and then down. But like the fact that I can't see what, uh, you know, if I'm looking at the stave for an A, a key of A, yeah, that would tell you what you would say. So, you know what? Potato, potato. I, we're, we're hitting the same chord. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hear what Jim has to say about that, uh, about yeah. that uh, key change. Here's 1120 in the mini. Please. Dive. A tried and true device to make your last chorus feel different and bigger by taking it up a step or changing the key of it into a higher register for that kind of lift, literally a lift. The whole thing goes up it goes up. And this is kind of our version of that. Like the bridge goes to a different place, but then the chorus comes back to where the other choruses were. It feels like it goes someplace new, but really it's just returning. 
I'll start halfway through. <laughs> that delay is a little hot. So it feels like it's a key change at the end, but really it's kind of a key return. The chorus of this song is not exactly super melodic and catchy for a lot. <laughs> That's probably. Why. I don't know. Maybe that is. Maybe that is some heavy lifting. Jim's doing. What? It, what? I mean, how common is it to have a whole, um, a whole step modulation? <laughs> I mean, does that make it sound like it, it? I think the whole idea of a modulation is it. It in increases the energy and the tension because you're going yeah. up an entire half step if you're going up a whole step i mean does it sound like a completely different song then and maybe it does for the bridge i don't have the the chords in front of me but yeah yeah me neither this is a this is a paul question so we'll we'll yeah. send this oh, yeah. bit of the show say i don't know man it makes sense of what we're trying to say here <laughs> so listening to the song diamonds i uh I love the um, I love the sound of the tune. It, it just has a lot of great energy, despite the fact, and this is one of the first things I noticed about it, that um, the drum parts throughout the song really uh, stay of way. They avoid giving you that simple gratification of a of a straightforward driving drum part. They're always kind of doing a syncopated, um, kind of off-centered kind of beat thing that puts the snare. Uh, anywhere but you'd expect it to be. And I think that's really great because it kind of gives it gives it this forward-moving sense that there's still something more exciting to come. They don't really give you anything by way of a normal kind of straight-ahead drum group until the middle of the second verse. And so I found that really enjoyable. Uh, the, the, the major characteristic about this song that stuck out to me was the key change bridge. Uh, first of all, a very strange place to put a key change. Uh, number one, and then number two, even more strange to go down in key. Uh, the key is in the key, the song is in the key of A major uh, with the chord progression of A to E major, then B minor to D major. Uh, and that pretty much goes throughout the song, verses and choruses. But on the bridge, uh, they actually move down to the key of G where they move to a chord progression of G major, D major, and C major. Uh, and so, man, landing back into the original key, it's shocking when they move to the bridge and you hear this entirely new key with this melody that now just sounds so, uh, just sounds so soaring and, and kind of floating up high in the stratosphere. And then the satisfaction of when that lands back in the original key of A major, because uh, again, now modulating up for this lift that, that key changes are known for providing towards the end of songs on like a last chorus or whatever. Uh, but on this song, it's landing back in the original key. And so uh, just some unique features about that uh, that are really, really satisfying as a listener. Now on the topic of uh, montage intros, I told you I had assembled a bit. I don't, I'm assuming you didn't put anything together like this. But I did want to quiz you, as I always oh, love doing. I was going to put a quiz together, but please quiz me. Okay, well, we're going to call this. Hold on. Let me get the intro here. I think I know just what we need. Oh, yeah. The hour's approaching to give it your best. And you've got to reach your prime. That's when you need to put yourself to the test. And so it's a passage of time. We're going to need a mountain. 
montage. Talking about a montage. Montage. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, here's how this is going to work. Um, these are in no, you know, like I think in the in the past I've had things that have gotten progressively more difficult. Um, these are it's just a random assortment of ten tracks. Some are more difficult than others. I will tell you that Sylvester Stallone does show up in a lot of these tracks. Yeah. And um, if you are having a difficult time, I will go ahead and play it, and then I'll I'll leave it underneath as as uh, if you wanted to talk about that song or that that movie, but. I'm going to play the song, and all I'm asking for is the associated film that it comes from. Great. All right. Does that sound good? That sounds good. Okay. All right. Here we go. We're going to start off with this track. Uh, this is, okay, this is Maniac. And yes. Maniac's not in Footloose. Maniac must be in Dirty Dancing. Okay, you've got one of the words in there correct. Uh, Incorrect film. Uh, what if I said Jennifer Grey? Yeah, I know. Um, oh, is she in Dirty Dancing too? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I, I always mix up Footloose and Dirty Dancing. So if you were to put those together with the same letter of Footloose, Foot but dancing. Dirty Dancing. Oh, oh, Flash Dance. Close. Flash there Dance. You go. <laughs> so yes, Michael Cimbello, Cimbello, uh with Maniac in Flash Dance. Now, um, here's the second track. Let's see if you can grab this one. Make me want to go do a push-up. Yeah, man. man. Is this from um this is from uh, Short Circuit, isn't it? <laughs> this is actually uh what if I said Kevin Bacon? Oh, then is this Footloose? Yes, this is Footloose, oh. yeah. Wait. This is Bonnie Tyler. Oh, this is in short circuit though. I need a hero. Let me see. I need a hero. Yeah. Oh, is it really in short? Is it in a montage from short circuit? It's, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it is. Well, it's from short circuit too. <laughs> then I stand corrected. That's, that's, that's a half a point. That's a half a point at least. I, okay. I don't know uh, Footloose all that much, but I know short circuit too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Here we got another one here. Yeah. This is Top Gun, baby. This is Wes's oh, favorite yeah, song man. right now. Oh, it's so good. I mean, it's no uh, it's no volleyball beach scene with a bunch of shirtless dudes yeah, smacking yeah. each other, but... <laughs> I think Wes just this... made a rave DJ of this in Power Rangers. <laughs> is the scene... Is this song part of the scene where... Um, I keep wanting to say Topper Harley. I've been watching Hot Shots too much. Where he's riding on his motorcycle alongside... It's definitely the, uh, in the music video. The um, jets taken off. It's definitely in the music video, but no, I feel like they're flying jets when you hear this. Okay. And I feel like Him they play Goose. like only this song a lot. <laughs> like this is like, like when they were like, this is really cool every time we hear this song and we see them flying jets. Let's just do it every time they're flying jets. 
Like they had. I guess really I never counted when I watched the whole, it. Like needle drop in a movie. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's really cool every time we do it. Okay. This, um, these, these next couple uh, tracks, I believe, are going to be a little bit more difficult. I, I'm, I have confidence in you, David. But uh, if you need a hint on this one, I can drop single word hints. Okay. Um, and here we go. Sounds like an interlude on a Vaporwave album. This is another Kenny Loggins track. Wow, okay. Yeah. I'm kind of waiting for the chorus to kick in, maybe. Yeah. I love that bass sound. Oh, yeah. It's like a keyboard bass, right? Yeah, yeah. Perfectly quantized. Wow, that's amazing, and I don't know what this is from. Give me a, drop me okay. one hint. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, this is going to be the hint. It's going to be more than one word, but father and son. Ah. Everyone's yelling. I have their, one more hint that's going to give it away. I know. At their headphones. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what is it? Uh, I'll, I'll give you one more hint and see if you can get it. Custody. Is this from Kramer versus Kramer? No, oh. actually, I maybe maybe custody was the wrong one. Um, <laughs> uh, how about what if I said arm wrestling? <laughs> oh, ah, what is that? Over the top? Yes, I've never seen it. It's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Just think that there's a movie about a dad that has to win back his son. Oh my god! By beating a, you know what I mean? I, didn't I still know that remember was the premise. That's great. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. With that in mind, we'll go to this next one. Gotta love the driving hi hat. Yeah. This was definitely produced at a princess place. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know this one. Okay. Uh, this was from Rocky Four. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know this the Rocky Hearts. franchise. Okay. Well, okay. Then uh, this is another one here. I, I have a con- I have confidence that you'll get this one then. Right. And this is from okay. Rocky Three or something, right? Like yes, right? that's what I everyone, thought too. It's everyone says it's Rocky, but it's not even until Rocky Three that people fell yeah. in love with this song. Yeah. Yes. Perfect for. Punching a bag or going to Applebee's and ordering a Apple Teeny or Bahama Mama, man. Absolutely. Oh, Light man. on the Teeny. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, next one is one a little bit more difficult, and then they get super easy. So if you can get through this, this is like that last hill yeah, yeah, up yeah. the marathon run. So here we go. Shining on this one. Yeah. Oh, man. 
I know this song more as a meme than an actual song from a movie. <laughs> I was surprised to find out that this was from Scarface. Oh, I've never seen it. Oh, you know what? You and me both. Maybe that's going to be a dad's movie night. Yeah. We'll just get some like cocaine and we'll just uh, from watch anything it. happening in that movie. <laughs> I know, right? It doesn't seem like it fits. No way. Okay. Um, now the next, the next few, I think these were more of uh, ones that I picked because I think you and I would appreciate them, and I believe you're going to get them in the in the first couple of notes. But here we go. Oh yeah, Back to the Future, baby. Right. Now, I was trying to think, when I was listening to this today and going through and, and I was letting my mind kind of wander with where these scenes took place, this is not the opening scene where he he basically takes his guitar pick and, you know, swipes it across his guitar and blows himself out, right? It, it does start there. So he's like, damn, I'm late for school. And then you hear the beginning of this song. And then he comes out of the Burger King on Victory right by my work, which I, I go to that... I don't eat at Burger King often. I eat at that Burger King all the time because that's where Doc Brown's house was. Yeah. Um, and so he, then that's the that's the tour through Hill Valley montage. And then right, and he that's like when he sketches on the back of the yep. uh, the Jeep, the right? The Jeep with the guy with the stunt coordinator that looks like uh, Steven Spielberg with the Mountain Dew. Oh hat. my gosh! Yeah, I was gonna ask. That seemed like a guy that you know, like if you go to Hollywood High School, right? And you, and you like you one of your I did go to Hollywood classmates. High Exactly, but yeah. you like it's like one of those people like one of your classmates says, "Hey David, guess what? Did you know that my dad was the guy that oh, drove exactly. the Jeep?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yep. I have I'm such a back to the future nerd. Um I went to a Halloween 40th anniversary convention in Pasadena and Dean Cundy was going to be there cuz Dean Cundy who shot Back to the Future also shot Halloween. So I went to meet Dean Cundy, very excited because he shot Halloween, which is incredible. But I brought my Back to the Future <laughs> Blu-ray box set and got Dean Cundy to sign it. He was very excited because he hadn't seen that packaging before. So, Oh, man. What a good feeling, huh? Oh, you impress someone else. The best. What a photographer. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have the next one is one of my all-time favorite montage tracks. So we got two more. I know you're going to get this one. Oh, man. Oh, this is Ghostbusters. Yes, this oh. is a great one. Oh, this, this is, is so good. This is so good. I know, right? It just it, it makes my heart. I mean, I don't know if it's a heart murmur or what, but there's something going on <laughs> that's just giving me warm feelings. Yeah. Just the memories this, this of them running around. This is a great feeling song. This is Ghostbusters 2, though. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, and unfortunately, yep. it's Bobby Brown. But, like, yeah. the song is so good. Yeah. And, like, everything I love about... My favorite Paramore song is Ain't It Fun because it sounds like New Jack Swing. Like, it's yeah. just so good. Um, so I love New Jack Swing. Bobby Brown was the king. Um, and uh, the song rules so hard. Yeah. And, and the music the, video the is terrible, but great. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Well, in the music video, did they incorporate the the, the clips from Ghostbusters too? So it's not quite like the yes. It, it, what what it is is a lot of shots of New York with Bobby Brown dancing on all the screens in Times Square and stuff like that. That's what I remember the most about that music yeah. video. But I'm pretty sure they've incorporated some shots from the movie. 
I, I haven't yeah. shown. So last year I showed Wes Ghostbusters. He has not seen Ghostbusters too. He doesn't even know it exists. So I'll probably show him that oh, one. Oh man, this year. What a day that will be. Yeah, <laughs> pretty great. <laughs> All right, um, and the final one in honor of Jim and the inspiration for this song. Oh yeah. <laughs> it, what's so great is I looked up this article that The Ringer had when I was going to give you the quiz, and they didn't put this song in it because technically it's not part of a training montage. It's just uh, scores the final, you know, the the, the right. All Valley Championship. Right. But uh, yeah, this past weekend we took West mini golfing, not at the place they shot it, but the place that it's supposed to take place at which is Castle Golf or Castle Park here in uh, Sherman Oaks. Um, and there were a couple of things that are uh, one I was actually more pleased than the last time I went to Castle Park. There weren't a lot of arcade games. There were a lot of ticket prize games last time I went yeah. to Castle Park, but we walked through the arcade is closed. Uh, it's only mini golf right now, but there were actual arcade games. They had lots of driving games. They didn't have any pinball, which was a bummer, but um, I saw lots of arcade games. It made me very excited to take West there again. Um, oh, man. The castle looks great on the outside, but they replaced all the stained glass with like just painted boards. Um, and I'm assuming oh, that's, that's just bummer. from like vandals and stuff like that, which is kind of a bummer. But the other thing that I love is that, you know, a lot of these like I, I grew up going to a place called the Malibu Castle. I brought it up on an episode like 20 episodes ago um, or something. But it was in uh, the South Bay in like Redondo Beach. And it was great. It was this huge castle. They shot an episode of Chips there. It was this great arcade. One whole wall of ski ball. One whole wall of pinball machines. Mini golf in the back. All that stuff. Water slides. And uh, they tore that place down. Now it's like a Holiday Inn or something. But this place is going to exist because LA City, the city of Los Angeles, owns and operates Castle Park now. So it never got bought out by boomers so they could run it into the ground or anything. Like, right. the city of L.A. owns and operates Castle Park and Sherman Oaks. So I was very excited to pay my $18 for a family of three to play <laughs> mini golf, which I thought was a steal. So um, Yeah, that is. That's very affordable. Yeah. And it was socially distanced. And I couldn't believe I was so used to I, growing up. I knew that my Malibu Castle, where I went, had two mini golf courses. Castle Park has three. So very excited to go back and do another couple rounds of 18 holes of mini golf well i know who you can invite to join you yeah baby <laughs> let's do it well thanks for playing the montage quiz man Oh, i'm so glad you had uh, it because i was gonna do it and i wouldn't have had a theme song or anything like that so i award you one million and a half points so you awesome got it. thank you <laughs> this is a uh, whose line rules <laughs> yes um so uh, the mini dive is available. It'll be in the show notes. It's in the YouTube playlist. I think we played the important parts uh, yeah. and all that stuff. The other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, that the band did a track by track interview. Did you come across this? No, I didn't. So uh, they did this with rock sound. Uh, they were like a little uh, um, jet lagged and stuff like that. But at 746, they, they do track by track on all of surviving. So at 746, they talk about uh um, no wait wait diving. wait you actually oh this they, they cut they use the thumbnail from the first three seconds i was gonna say yeah i'm very used to seeing that thumbnail we've we've gone back we've we did this uh yeah we, with, we've watched this video before so yes yes okay let's so jump to when they talk about here. diamond diamond is about the inability to accept incremental change you know it's like why 
It's like, I want to be in better shape, but you know, I only lost like point point oh two pounds today. This isn't working. Like, no, wait, you, you made progress. Like, why can't we accept prog? Why can't we accept incremental change as like good? It just has to be, I want all of it to happen now. Otherwise it's a failure. But for some reason we can't like, if, if you would accept incremental change, you'd, you'd accomplish your goals eventually. It's like, I want to have, you know, some kind of savings for a rainy day. It's like, but like, well, what are you doing to get that? Like are you putting, you know, like a little bit of money away every day. Cause like if you're waiting for like a spare grand laying around to, to put away, like that's never going to happen. You got to kind of like, <laughs> you know, like you got to come at it a little bit, but for some reason that's difficult. And I thought that was interesting. I was wondering <laughs> what happened. Uh, what I was just going to say, whenever anyone brings up like money, you know, and it's like these people that are in these high profile positions, I always wonder what, what point of reference are you going to, are you going to arrive at? And it, like, I, I'm glad that he said an extra grand. Cause I think an extra grand for anybody is like a notable amount of cash to be putting away in like a savings or, or some kind of travel fund. But I'm always wondering like, you going to put 10 K away. Jeez. Uh, I remember calling my family the first time I had a thousand dollars. Like I was sitting, I was at CSUN in like the, uh, there was this great like pizza place next to like a, uh, a coffee shop was called Freudian sip. And it was near like Sequoia hall or something like that. Um, yeah. yep. it was like a two story cafeteria type building. It was great. I loved it. Me and Robert would hang in, hang out there all the time. And, uh, I, I had a thousand dollars and I called like my mom. I was like, I've never had this amount of money before. Um, it was amazing. And I think it was like, I was just too busy to spend it. Like was the only <laughs> reason I had it. That's what was um, holding you. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, I just was too busy to, I, I mean, my dad always likes to joke that uh, I could, uh, what, what does he say? I could give somebody $20 and they would give me a dollar and I think I came out ahead or something like that. Like <laughs> that's how I, money runs through me like a sieve. So anyway, uh, that's that. You have any cool other track notes about this? I, ha I have a few, but I, I don't want to. Uh... No, no. My, my final analysis of this was just keep pushing for your goals. It will pay off. So it kind of uh, mirrors yeah. what Jim was saying with the incremental changes. Just keep pushing. So yeah. that's all I had for the uh track notes yeah that was it do, do you do i'm gonna i'm gonna play this uh instagram clip for you and see if you remember this in watch together here it comes wait, wait, get oh yes <laughs> yeah dude let's get it in the song <laughs> so dumb. Perfect timing. <laughs> oh, it's so good, man. All right. Oh, it's all looping. Okay. Why can't I stop it? <laughs> stop. Even a second take, man. Jim's good. I mean, how's that look? I'll probably do it okay. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Oh, man. That's I'm glad great. we listened to the whole damn thing.
Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's Jim with a machete on their Instagram page while they were recording the album. And that Instagram <laughs> clip with the machete is uh is from them recording the pick slide in this song. It's a machete slide. Um, machete slide. Machete. Uh, let's see. I, I got a link of Zach either saying diamond or very specifically talking about this song. Uh, let's see if it's, uh, anything to write home about. Uh, this is on Twitter. Zach says, ah, uh, Caitlin Hughes on September 23rd, 2019 says scans, uh, uh, you know, the asterisk, uh, 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 action I'm doing scans through new Jimmy Eat World track list looking for new dog names. And Zach responds, Diamond. Caitlin says, Way ahead of you, not keeping any of the Frenchies from this litter, but eventually, yes. And Caitlin has her Integrity Blues dog rescue, and all yeah. the dogs are named after Jimmy Eat World songs uh, or albums, or, or they're all Jimmy Eat World themed. It's terrific. Um, so anyway, Caitlin Hughes, who used to run Jimmy World Online, uh, Zach responding, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Diamond, and that would make a great dog name. So, and I do believe she uh, did get that far. Uh, oh, they also used the the band used Diamond as a presale code for uh, their Download Fest Australia um, ticket sales. Uh, in when was this? Twenty nineteen. Uh, so they were going to play there in 2020, March 16, 1923. Jeez. So that was the, those were the shows that they that literally had sent their gear to Australia. And then that gear just had to come right back home because they did not even go <laughs> to Australia for that trip. Wow. I did not put that together when I when I uh, wrote that down. So way to go, Diamond. Uh <laughs> Chorus FM is one of our favorite websites. Craig Manning, uh, the Chorus FM official Jimmy World fan, uh, although uh, Jason loves them too, uh, he wrote the surviving review, and here's a little bit of what he says about Diamond in the surviving review. The beating heart of surviving is a song called Diamond, and it's about that other thing that really scares people, patience. That's how a diamond grows. You give yourself the right chance over time. Don't believe them if they try to sell you something quicker. Especially in our fast-paced, internet-obsessed culture, we all want instant gratification. We want someone else to solve our problems. We want the reward and not the work it takes to get there. We want any risks we take to pay out like a slot machine the moment we take them. The chorus in Diamond sounds triumphant and huge, like a promise of good things down the road if you make the difficult choices now. But what makes the song great are the verses, which shiver and shake with anxiety and doubt. In the first one, Jim makes a list of things he wants to accomplish someday, but they only seem like distant, vague resolutions. Should meditate, should work out more, should read until my brain gets sore, meet someone, go far away, try being socially less strange. He, ref he refers to these goals as his greatest hits, probably because he said them to himself a million times. By the end of the second verse, by the time the second verse rolls around, he's making the big changes. He's not feeling the rewards, at least not yet. It's the new year, and he doesn't feel any different. But then the chorus storms back in, a bold, bright reminder to stay the course. So, uh, at most, it's just a... Uh, 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 what's the word I'm thinking of? A confirmation of our, our, of our analysis. Oh, yeah, yeah. A third yes. party... Uh, confirmation of our analysis. 
um, on Wikipedia, you know, they source from a zillion different places. Uh, they've sourced these bites about it. Diamond is about dealing with small changes in life and making improvements. Atkins employs the usage of gemstones forming in the earth as a metaphor for change that doesn't happen overnight. It was one of the songs that came out of a writing period partway through the recording. The, the guitar riff evolved out of Adkins' idea to write a 1980s-esque rock song. The ending features a gong played by Lind, which was given to the band by Chase This Light engineer Chris Testa. Uh, they do talk about that a little bit on the mini dive. Again, I, that must have been in the, uh, the notes I wrote. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how I lost those, (laughs) how I lost all those notes. Um, But uh, yeah, he also, Jim also talks about at the beginning of the mini dive, how they had written so many songs and they were sort of going back through them and saying, oh, these aren't really good. Let's let's uh, let's start writing some new stuff. And this was part of that batch, that latter half of recording surviving when they were like, oh, this this actually is something I think we can make this work. Um, So it was like a back half song. Um, so yeah, uh, all music reviewed the album, gave it a four out of five. And, uh, here's what they wrote about diamond as a self-help session for the almost middle-aged surviving is straightforward and relatable cycling through highs and lows as powerfully as anything on clarity or futures with highlights such as the poetic beauty delivery and the inspirational gem diamond. But that's what all music had to say about diamond and uh oh there was a baddish review let's listen to this guy kind of rail on uh, Ooh, okay uh let's see this is some dude on youtube at four minutes and 30 seconds let's take a listen some dude on youtube this is uh true north reviews something i actually enjoy for once now if there are any negatives to be had it's not because they are downright horrible or offensive there are a couple tracks one mil and diamond that feel like the the most dime a dozen the most conventional the most generic of the bunch of the songs that are found on this project but they still do find their moment to kick and punch with furious drum fills and guitar solos diamond in particular has a little bit of a, a nitpick for me it has another low point to it as really the only part of this record that makes me roll my eyes or just cringe inside <laughs> is with the key Jeez. change towards the end of diamond and why i think that is just because it doesn't inject so much life as much as a key change should overall surviving is a kick-ass uh, hmm. yeah i mean here's the thing is before going deep in the song i don't know i guess i was kind of the same like i didn't like the palm muted intro and all that stuff now i did start something that i'll probably end up finishing for the social media post but literally I found somebody on YouTube had made a montage of montages. And so <laughs> I downloaded that and I started cutting it to the song. And I was like, yeah, this kind of works. So like, while I didn't like the chugging palm muted guitars and stuff like that. And I didn't love the, the, the lifted bridge. Um, it, it sounds exactly like what he was trying to do with it. So, and now I've come around on it, I think. Um, I know. Yeah, I'm starting to this was I mean, in all in all honesty, this was the my least liked track. And even even delivery, I thought was this is a silly song. Uh, but yeah, delivery was the first one that I came back around to. And I thought, you know what, I'm sure I'm sure Diamond's going to come back in time. And then sure enough, you know, it's maybe still a little bit lower on the totem pole as far as the entire album goes. But it's de- I've, it, I've come around to it. Do you remember? um Mr. Movie Phone, this uh, <laughs> this guy, ARTV, 
he like i guess just stands see he says saren reviews albums on youtube um this is oh, yes his bit about diamond from his surviving review doesn't matter all that much. I also really, really like Diamond. It's turning into one of my favorite songs on Surviving. This is a song that feels like it's an ode to just putting the expectations of others down the well, saying goodbye to that, because I'm never going to be able to live up to that. Even though it is a message that we've heard time and time again, the bright instrumentation here, the really catchy chorus that drills it into your skull, and the strong songwriting makes this actually stand out. <laughs> mm. So, uh, Mr. Movie Phone loves, uh, loves the song. Well, good. I'm uh, glad ARTV likes it. Yeah. Uh, before we get into community, I got a couple last things. Uh, is yep. there anything else you have before we get into community? No, no, go ahead. Okay. Uh, here is what Stitches and Grooves had to say about the vinyl release, which I think is interesting because I'm not a vinyl head, right? And this is a newer yeah. release. So what does Stitches and Grooves, who is a vinyl head, have to say about... Uh, essentially, it's more of a commentary on modern vinyl than anything. So, take a listen. Jimmy Eat World hasn't slowed down at all over the years, consistently churning out albums. The band's latest, Surviving, is their best work since Chase This Light. Every album can't be perfect, especially for a band that has already churned out 10 of them. And even then, there's a sharp divide amongst diehard fans as to which of those two is best. With that said, surviving probably won't be to the liking in the Clarity camp as opposed to the Bleed American camp. But that sax solo will throw everyone for a loop. Surviving was <laughs> pressed on two variants, with pressing info not released for either of them. There's a black indie store, there is a white indie store exclusive and black, which is widely available. Prices on both variants are the same, around 20 bucks, which is nice to see as more and more labels and bands start to charge more for colored vinyl. All copies come housed in a gatefold jacket, which has the lyrics printed inside. The inside of the jacket pocket is coated orange instead of the plain white cards cardstock. More and more releases are starting to use colored or patterned pockets, and I honestly don't see the point to it because it will only drive the price for consumers up. A download card slash code is also included for a high quality 320 kilobit per second MP3, which, uh, which is great to see considering this is a major label release. So uh, interesting to see. He even cares about them printing in... Uh, uh, inside the gatefold where no one can see because he's thinking of what that means to consumers and th stuff like that for in terms of keeping prices. And, and that's down, that's a good thing to consider. He's talking about the tissue paper, right? That uh, the sleeve? No, the, literally. So the tissue paper that the record sits in then slides into the cardboard. The inside right. of that cardboard on the vinyl is orange as opposed oh, see, to white. So they had to print both sides. They had to print the artwork on the outside and the orange on the inside, then fold yeah. and glue it shut. You know what I mean? And yep. so uh, it's interesting to hear from a vinyl head's perspective what that really means for passing down value to the consumer. It's cool. Definitely yeah. looks cool. And I think I think that's the balance is like, you know, do you want to keep prices down or do you want to make something that's worth purchasing? Because no one's purchasing physical media. There's somebody in the Discord that was like, "Oh, I hope CDs don't go away." I'm like, "When the, what the fuck am I gonna do with a CD? I'd much rather have a vinyl of something." <laughs> right. Um, yeah. 
yeah the only reason i really want a cd is because it's easier to scan (laughs) (laughs) so uh and then uh oh i i had mentioned the alternative pre-chorus so uh we had um seen the mini dive and in the mini dive uh jim plays a bit of the original pre-chorus and us and scott shooter on the facebook page had kind of geeked out about it and we're like he played that pretty clean i'll bet we could cut that into the thing and sure enough scott shooter went ahead and uh made the all right the 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 cut together version of it so i'm uh sending you his uh oh that's weird i think it's sent you like the facebook link let me send you the dropbox link no i got the dropbox link. it linked over to it cool um and uh about 40 seconds in is when you hear that alternate pre-chorus so let's go to like 38 seconds all right huh yeah it's quite different (laughs) it is i mean it's just uh, there's no breathing room right i can see why they took that out (laughs) yeah sure enough sucking that back and then launching into the chorus definitely feels like more of a uh more of a ride than yeah and I'm, i'm very guilty of that when i'm putting stuff together where i'll just throw everything in there and i'll listen to the whole song and i'll think wow this works but how often does the first run through of any kind of production of any song really work so i have to go back and and you know kind of critically think like do i really need this stuff in here yeah it does work but is it necessary yeah and that's that's one of those things that clearly sounds like it's uh it's it's extra <laughs> so extra. it could go all right uh, uh tell me about um the community so i only had a couple of links that i came across um you know one person that we haven't heard from in a while this was from a post a year ago, and you had just brought this up recently about the middle two, and I think it was Linux that had pointed us to the Reddit post that we were kind of uh, harking back on. And this comes a year ago from Rogue DS9. Uh, Diamond and the Middle is the title of this self-post, and they say, I've seen a lot of people say they feel like Diamond is the middle two. I'm not picking that up, though. What is it that you're hearing? Is it lyrically or sonically? I love to hear what people are getting out of it. And the person that we haven't heard from a while, Ella Bella Medella. Uh, definitely the lyrics. There's a huge sense of feeling like you're not enough, but you just have to give yourself time and acceptance to realize you are good enough. To me, the middle is when you are younger and worrying about fitting in with peer groups, etc. And diamond is when you're older and stressing about things you should you should be now and regrets that you have. They both ring very true lyrically for me in the stages of my life. I see them as uh, very connected. Um, as I see them as very connected as a result. Yeah. And Elbel Modella comes up a lot in the sub uh, regarding yes. this song. Um, yeah. <laughs> there was a, one of my favorites was these lyrics. Did they actually attend my last therapy session? <laughs> <laughs> there is uh, something interesting when somebody replies with a genuine response. Yeah. And you can tell that, okay, this is this isn't just a response just to make, you know, to get a couple of bits of karma. But no, this is uh this is a deep, heartfelt response from them. And that's what I'm gathering from this. And she even says it at the very at the very end. They both ring very true lyrically for me in the stages of my life. But I just love hearing when when certain songs, and especially when it's in regards to Jimmy World, 
when they affect people uh, positively. And it seems like Ella Bell Modell has been, uh, you know, she's she's experienced that with this band and the songs that they write. So I just love reading those genuine posts back. Yeah, and I got a bunch of people along those same lines. So like, I was spitting free commented. I feel like I should get some royalties for this song since Jim took the lyrics directly from my brain. Um, <laughs> Cautioner 96 says story of my life. Dot, dot, dot. Amelia pond 42 says, so did Jimmy world somehow n- tap into my insecurities? Um, damn son. If they're telling me to be patient with myself, I guess it's true. Um, <laughs> and uh, unadulterated. Awesome says, I don't know how they always managed to say what I need to hear, but they did it again with this one. So, yeah. And this one was posted on October 25th of 19, where Metal Metal Luke 5 also comments in the same thread. I view Diamond as its own entity. I haven't really compared it to any of their songs. And then you you reverse back uh, six days on the 19th. So uh, Metal Luke, or Metal Uke 5, however you want to say it, uh, uh, had his own post. Diamond should be a single. I feel as though... Diamond will be through of this will be the through of this album. This definitely could have been a single. And a deleted post top post there is I feel the same way about one mill surviving could have been a single too. Honestly, not as bad, not a bad song in the whole lot. And both of these comments, JG429 always has positive comments. Diamond is my breakout favorite so far, excluding all the way, which we've already heard. So JG429 did, uh, he was running song of the weeks where people could submit and then write a little blurb about it. And then everybody kind of geeks about geeks out about it in the comments, which is where I got a lot of those comments from. But uh, I wanted to read JG429's reasoning because he sort of also links it to the middle. I love this song. It has the same thing, the same theme of the middle and a praise chorus, but it's more relatable as an adult. Although, don't get me wrong, I still love the middle and a praise chorus. Also, Diamond is funny. It made me laugh out loud the first time I heard it. The self-improvement list and the title fight lines are so relatable and funny. I'm a guidance counselor working remotely, and I do feel like I'm in the ring for a title fight with only only montage training time. So, everyone's feeling it. Especially, I think Surviving was like the perfect record to come out right before COVID. I think there's so many lines on the record that people can cling on to. Well, aside from the post that you showed up in, (laughs) (laughs) the one where you had, uh, with our our pod account, I think you had mentioned the whole uh, Happy Diamond Day, New Year. Wherever you are in the world, 2020 was definitely a title fight with only montage training time. Hope 2021 is better. That was, is that the post you were talking about? Um. JG429. No, no, no. That's actually a separate no, post. No, no, no. He JG did like a song of the week post. Yeah. 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 This is different. So this is, uh, and then Cautioner86 says, trust me, I definitely left so much low hanging fruit. <laughs> just one of those years, man. Just that was from a couple of months ago. And then, yeah, you had posted uh, probably uh, around, I, I'm assuming this was, yep, the 31st of December. So you had posted, start the song at 11.58 and 45 seconds p.m. And he will sing it right into midnight yeah yeah there you have it it's on the records so that's all i got for community only had a a few things to to note about diamond happy diamond day yeah um i did i found this funny on my birthday last year connor's 707 on discogs says first listen i like the opening riffs of the title track way to hook me in when i wasn't really looking forward to listening to this album though 
This song would become one of my favorites for the year in time. Criminal Energy is worth more listens, but then things turn... This is like a review of the whole record. But uh, then things turn to the straight-up pop that puts me off this band. It just sounds like they're trying too hard to get a radio hit over the next few songs. All the Way was the next song to get my attention, but it's still pretty standard radio pop rock. Diamond was okay, too, but very little after opening tracks for me here. Not a contender. Two and a half out of five. Jeez. <laughs> gotta give the haters their due, too, you know? Yeah. Um, I, Minty 901 didn't like the key change. Um, Bedcracker, not a fan. I'm gonna get run out of this sub. I love that Jim Atkins has entered his sage stage of songwriting. He's middle-aged and dropping life knowledge. You are free, integrity blues, love never. I think Diamond crosses over into being corny as hell. The laundry list of things he was supposed to do today is so on the nose. So there's zero poetry and you know exactly what he's getting at immediately. Not to be, uh, not trying to be a negative person on an upbeat sub. I honor y'all's experiences, but I skip it every <laughs> time because it's the only Jimmy song I think is straight up bad. Someone please tell me I'm not crazy. Otherwise, I'll see myself out. <laughs> And did he get a lot of people that uh, that uh, supported his outlook on that? Uh, I didn't. I didn't link back to it, but nah. I, just I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Yeah, I get it. I understand. There's certain songs that I just I feel like I'll never come around on. And maybe it's just me not giving them a chance. But uh, that's what we're about, man. Every one of these tracks that we do, I give it a little bit more of a chance, especially yeah. looking at the lyrics, man. Um, Let's see. Um, Yeah, I think uh, in the surviving poll, it, it plays low all the surviving polls yeah. and uh, they did play it at the Phoenix sessions. I, I don't know, man. Um, if only we had a way to know what it sounded like. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to hum it and tell me how good it sounds <laughs> compared to <laughs> compared to all right. way back when we listened to it live and only that time. Okay. Um, Hold on, I'm going to try and cue you on that hum, okay? Here we yeah, go. Yeah, I'm going to take a sip of water here. Okay. It's like a ventriloquist act. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> when I find myself Oh man, that, that's how I vaguely remember it going. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, just listening to them play that live. I mean, actually listening to you hum that live. Me recount uh, them playing that live. Yes. Yeah. I was, uh, I, I miss, you know, I, I say this so often, but I miss live music. This is one of those songs that, yeah, I think it gets a little bit lost on the record. 
because it's such it's there's so much energy behind that riff live. And just yeah. imagine Jim sitting there playing that, or if it's Tom that's playing it while Jim's sitting there getting the crowd amped. But just how I don't know amplified the the venue would get with just that riff for you know 30, 40 seconds before he actually starts totally you know, bouncing Zach off the back in. wall. Oh man, yeah. yeah. So hey, excellent <sighs> job there, David. Yeah. All right, and finally, oh man, I have literally six rave djs of this i <laughs> thought it would be a slam dunk in so many mixes and it just wasn't um so you have your best one your your top mix maybe maybe i'll say it's i'll say it's this one um so this is uh wes ever since we had our movie night wes has been we've showed him power rangers and uh, I I want him watching the original, not because I care, but mostly because like I want him to. <laughs> I, I I'm such a stickler for story. Uh, <laughs> I was like, you need to see where it started. Um, and he's having a blast with it. And then he saw his friends also. He he was like, is the Megazord a transformer? And I was like, no, not really. It's it's not a transformer. They live in different places. And uh, but he wanted to, he was like, does Transformers have a song? So now uh, I am always playing the uh, OG <laughs> Power Rangers theme and the 1986 Transformers movie theme. Now, the Transformers movie theme sounds like an insanely 80s, you know, uh, uh, hair metal ball- uh-huh. uh, rock uh-huh. song. And so I mixed that was one of the ones I was like, I guess Jim's going for that 80s sound. And this was the best one I had. So this is called okay. Diamond Quality. I'm assuming because it's like Transformers, the movie high quality or something. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, here we go. Diamond Quality. There's so much guitar happening. <laughs> hey, it's working. It gets pretty wild when there's like dueling oh. guitar solos and a, a key change. I think what really gets me is that, <laughs> and it's like they're competing. Okay, okay, all right. Uh. <laughs> oh man, um, did you did you do a rave DJ with uh, with the middle? The song "The Middle"? No. Yes. Oh my goodness! Is that the obvious one? No, <laughs> That's I didn't the obvious do it. One. Oh. Okay. I tried uh, it I think with it... "You're the Best," and I tried okay. it with the montage song from Team America. I tried it uh, with "Flavor of the Week." Somebody thought it sounded like that, so oh. I tried it. Um, I tried it with "I'm Not Okay" by My Chem because uh, Rave DJ said that they should work, and said I wasn't good. And uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I feel like I listened to this once, and I. I... I believe it suffers the same fate, but we'll give it a little bit of a listen because at the beginning, 
did feel like it uh, it worked out well. So this is called The Diamond. When I find myself awake, I'll put my thoughts down on a page. Half asleep, I'll make a list. Then read back all my greatest best. Okay. That's cool. I guess it's not that bad. No. Ah, frosted tips, man. <laughs> Not bad, not bad. Not terrible. It's no Transformers, but <laughs> diamond quality. The Transformers! Yeah. More than meets the eye. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so I, I think that just about does it. I got one more thing that I wanted For, to oh, share with oh, you. Uh, oh, t- take your pick. Snap. Do you, uh, Daycore or Nightcore, David? Nightcore, baby. Okay, here we go. Let's give, let's give a little nightcore here. I, I made this myself with auditions. Oh, wow. So I was quite impressed with the quality. I, I listened to it on in Audacity, and there's a lot of, like, uh, I don't know if it's banding or what, or if it's audio phasing. I have no idea. But there's, uh, there's a clear uh, clipping in it. So this one was much clearer. Here we go. This is Jimmy World Diamond Audio Nightcore version. <laughs> Pretty good, Beautiful. huh? Yeah, man. So d- was that straight up two times speed or? Uh... Uh, so I increased it um, 125%. Okay, cool. It's 225%. So it's, yeah, it's about a 25% increase there. Uh, and then I did the decor and it's the, you know, it's the opposite. So I reduced it down to 75% of its original speed. And the introduction on this, I'll play a little bit of it. It sounds just like Bush. <laughs> Oh my god, it does. Wow. Don't let the days go by. Glycerine. That's incredible. I know, right? Thank you. 
you hear his inflection, but it's just not Jim. Oh yeah. Well, there you have wow. it, man. <laughs> that was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for doing the, the, the work. Yeah. Justin, what are your final thoughts on the song Diamond for this, our 75th anniversary episode? Not anniversary, really, but yeah, 75th episode. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm going to take a page out of the notebook of Jim Atkins and give this song a little bit more time. And I have in the last uh, few days of researching this song and listening to it several times, uh, it's grown on me. And that follows the message of the track. There's a lot of good things in this uh, song, Diamond, uh, that can be sort of extruded from it. Mm. And I'm starting to feel those benefits. So I've given it a chance. I think it's going to grow on me, man. What about you? Uh, I agree. I think I like it a lot more uh, after the fact, uh, knowing that that's exactly what it was that he was going for, that montage-style track. Um And I think maybe he got in the back of my mind when the mini dive kind of had originally come out. I would kind of think I had come around on the song a lot after that had come out and diving in even further. I I dig it, man. I I think this is a great motivation type song. Um, Absolutely. Um, So, yeah, uh, with that said, uh, thank you uh, for 75 episodes, everybody. And uh, we'll see you on the back 75 uh, plus. And uh, in that time, remember to be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes!